everyone. Welcome to another edition of ARG Presents. I'm your good buddy, Amigo Aaron. Joined this week by a man who's not only a master planner, but a Technicolor nightmare. I give you the Brit. They call me Mr. Peanut. I'm such a good planner. They call you something like that. <laughs> so, if you joined us last week, we spun the wheel. We made a deal. But before we go into this fine, fine deal, our good buddy, the Brit, has some important information on our ongoing contest to win a brand new boxed Dragon's Lair. Britt, tell them the scoop. No, no, they're not winning a brand new drop box Dragon Slayer. They have a chance to win a brand new box Dragon Slayer Mini from Close New Close enough. Wave. Close no, enough. Those are very different things. Holy cow. <laughs> Trying to get us killed, Aaron. Uh, <laughs> the contest, we have, we're giving away three prizes. We're giving away an ARG lanyard, probably the top prize considered by most. A... Uh, New Wave quarter slot keychain and the big prize, a Dragon Slayer Mini, also from New Wave. Uh, we're just doing this to give back to the fans and to gather these possibilities, these names of uh, uh, hopefuls. We have been issuing forth different challenges throughout the weeks, and this week was the Twitter follower and Twitch chat. Uh, participants, and we have from Twitter Frodo NL. Oh, I know him. And from Twitch chat, we rolled the big old max number and got us a few Z9 K9. So, are you kidding me? <clears throat> I am not. Well, <laughs> technically, the first time we rolled on Twitch chat, we got me. So, I didn't think I was eligible. So, I, well, I went ahead and rolled her again, and we got some Z9 K9. Very good. So, so the two winners this week, once again, Frodo and L and Z9K9. And what that means is they will be placed onto the prize wheel of power uh, at the once we fill it up with 12 big old names. Give it a spin, and we will be counting down the prizes. But more on that once we get the names all figured out. How, how many names do we have on the prize wheel of power? We are currently at five. And we uh -huh. will be taking three names in the coming week. Three. Okay. Find out at the end of the show how to qualify. <clears throat> Very cunning. I like what you did there. So, on to the important business at hand. Last week, we did, in fact, spin the wheel. We made the deal. And this week, my God, it's war. It's war, Peacock, as we go Game Boy Color versus Neo Geo Pocket Color. It's a one-on-one -on -one beat down here as we discuss these two handheld consoles. So uh, we're going to do this uh, sort of the same way we did the Amiga versus Atari ST. We're going to discuss the various merits and flaws of the systems and come to a conclusion as to which system reigns supreme or at least figure out what the hell went wrong with one as we did last <laughs> time. So <laughs> that's, that's the best way to start it off. Now, I want to, before we get into the actual battle, Brent, Let's talk a little bit about uh, what was going on when these two uh, systems came around. Uh, the years... Well, okay. Oh, ahead. oh no, I'll, no, I thought you wanted me to uh, uh, expostulate on what, why the Game Boy Color exists. Well, we'll, we'll get to that. But right. I want to talk about what the era here, just to give us some, some texture and background of what we're doing. Uh, these systems were released... In 1998 and 1999, respectively. So yes. right in the late 90s. 
And the handheld scene up to that point had been pretty much ran by one group. I mean, there were some contenders, but can we agree on the fact that pretty much the original Game Boy had ran the roost for a good while at this point? Absolutely. Now, you had a Game Boy. Yes. Uh, now, uh, did you, how do you think the games on that compare uh, to modern games in terms of playability? And, I mean, obviously there was no backlight in the original Game Boy, but, I mean, did you enjoy, did you think it was a fun console? Oh, absolutely. Because it, it at the time, now remember, this was pre-cell phone boom. Uh, this was, what are you going to do while you drive for two and a half hours to grandma's house? And that's what this did. That's what all. That's what the handheld generation was really all about: occupying your time when you had no other way to occupy your time. I mean, some people maybe they can read in the car. Some people get sick when they do that. Uh, you know, but gaming was just perfect, perfect way to fill the the gap, but by, by distracting you from the boring drives or train rides or bus rides. Or just, you know, getting a quick game in between classes or however you want to play them. It was a it was a perfect time for them to come out. And, of course, they led really into uh, what we all, almost all, play games on today, which is the cell phones. You know, I can speak on the pre-Game Boy handheld era. And it was, it was obviously mostly not electronic. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, when you were in the car... Uh, if you weren't playing uh, a you know, license plate bingo or whatever, or I Spy, and you were actually trying to play a little handheld unit, you were playing one of these old, uh, like an old Tommy game, or one of these yeah. things that have water in it, uh, or a marble <laughs> in a maze. And uh, believe it or not, some of the stuff was fun, and eventually you'd get stuff like a digital derby, like a battery-powered electronic game. But for the most part, most of my childhood was spent playing these little ha- like non-electronic games. So when the electronic football was my big thing, right? Yeah, sure. I mean, when that came out, that was awesome. But uh, uh, I remember a time before these handhelds and phones and whatnot. And I can tell you, when we saw the Game Boy uh, come out, uh, it was uh, it was a revelation uh, when the original Game Boy came out. You'd never see anything like it, and the ability to play what I would consider quality games on the go like at your fingertips was awesome. I mean, it was a kid. I can imagine it would be the best thing ever that you'd play these things. And you sort of took that unit with warts and all, but in a lot of ways with, with really with the exception of the, of the, of the uh, lack of, of a, of a backlit screen, which really at the time, no one had really, I don't think anybody really thought that was going to happen for a while. They were, they were sort of right. I mean, it came pretty quick, but I mean, it really did rule the roost game wise. I mean, you had, uh, you had a few games. You had the Lynx come out and uh, stuff like that, but they really didn't make much of a dent in the U.S. market. And, and the Game Boy really didn't run the run the roads back in those days. Well, the Game Boy ran the roads everywhere. I mean, yeah, it, was it the really did. Absolute. It's the uh, third highest co- selling co- uh, video game console ever. Yeah, and, and it, it, of course, at its time, you know, nothing could even come close to touch it for the handheld market. And and so that leads us nicely. Uh, as we go into our uh, discussion here on Game Boy Color versus the Neo Geo Pocket, Brent, if you would, I'm going to let you uh, take the helm here. Why don't you give us a? Why don't you talk a little bit about the introduction of the Game Boy Color and, uh, and maybe its hardware specifications? Well, and we'll take it from there. 
Sure. When you're talking just Game Boy Color, you have to understand why it exists. Because uh, just like uh, modern consoles will, will launch a more powerful version to just give it just a little more oomph at the end of its lifespan, that's what the Game Boy Color was made to do. Uh, it was to fill the gap between the original Game Boy and developers hounding Nintendo that they wanted something more powerful and they wanted something in color. And Nintendo was actually working on that in the Game Boy Advance, but developers wanted it right now because the market wanted it. So the Game Boy Color was a step up. It basically was a glorified Game Boy that had a color screen it took less batteries. It had uh, a little bit ba longer battery life, depending on who you talk to. We're talking 10 to 15 hours on two AA batteries. And it had uh, the ability to play the entire back catalog of the original Game Boy. So right out of the gate, you're talking about an absolutely gargantuan library. And while it didn't make those games color in the true sense as of we're going to change the graphics and add shades and stuff like that. It allowed you to uh, tint away from that green monochrome, you know, that kind of ugly Game Boy color or Game Boy screen that was a necessity of the time. It allowed you to tint those colors in the older games. And it did remarkable jobs. Some games you could add that tint and you got to choose what color tint you added uh, when you started up the Game Boy to some of those games, if you tint them away from that green and give them, you know, pinks and reds and purples and just, you know, close colors, they look absolutely brilliant. You could act, you could almost pass them off as a full color game, even though they're only working with four colors. And that's really a testament, a testament to the old monochrome Game Boy games uh, really pushing those four colors as far as they could. But the Game Boy color itself... You know, like I said, it had a slightly uh, faster processor, some more memory, uh, a lot more memory, and the capability to hold more memory on the cartridges. So you could get up to eight megs on uh, these games, which was fantastic. It's exactly what developers were asking for at the time. Now, in overall talk, when you're talking Nintendo products, the lifespan of the Game Boy was fairly short. It ran from 1998 to 2003, which, I mean, was, most people would be like five years. My goodness, that's, a, that's perfect. You know, that, that's, a, that's a lifetime for some products. Uh, but the Game Boy Color was there for five years because it needed to be there for five years, and they eventually passed the ball off to the Game Boy Advance, which was the plan from the very beginning. So... Uh, from a hardware perspective, the Game Boy Color did just enough to make developers happy, which is what they wanted, and got some amazing uh, colors on the screen for new games. 115 new games, which we're going to go over some of them later. And the old games, the old total back catalog of Game Boy games, still playable in the Game Boy Color. So it was really a perfect piece of hardware for the time it came out. Mm. Excellent, excellent. So 
uh, and I, you know, I, I have some thoughts on the on the Game Boy Cover. I'm going to save this until we get into the discussion section. I'm going to talk about I'm just to, to enlighten people a little bit on a lesser known system here, uh, which would be the Neo Geo Pocket Color. Now, this was a whole different kettle of fish than what Brent discussed. Uh, of course, the Game Boy Color was coming off of the huge success of the uh, of the original Game Boy. That the Neo Geo Pocket Color was coming off the moderate success of the Neo Geo Pocket with no color. And well, it, this was a uh, a machine that was shipped, and if, at a, an unfortunate time, it was right. It was shipped just right. I think it was right after that the Game Boy Color came out. And so, what you had here was uh, a, a a a black and white sixteen bit system competing with a color eight bit system. And so, Neo Geo saw that there was a they need to take care of some business, and they took care of it quick. And so that uh, in nineteen ninety nine. Uh, March of 99 in Japan and in uh, August in America and October in Europe, they released the Neo Geo Pocket Color. Now, I want to to fully understand what was going on uh, with SNK and, and the Neo Geo product line. You've got to look at what was happening to Neo Geo or to uh, to the company in 99. Uh, they had gone through a real rough patch, and these, believe it or not. They looked at these handhelds as a way to dig them out of the hole, effectively. Uh, and so these were they; these things had to be a success. They had no choice. And so, uh, when thinking about them along those lines, they had to be, they had to build a better uh, product than what their competitors had. They knew that was their only hope. And so they and and technically, uh, they from a spec standpoint, they did. Uh, this is a a, a Toshiba sixteen bit processor instead of the 8-bit on the uh, on the uh, Game Boy Color. Uh, this had more memory. This had a larger display. It had more it could display more colors at once. It also had twice the battery life of the game of the Game Boy Color. It, it would clock in on two double get this Brent two double A's would get you 40 hours of gameplay. That is unheard of. 40 hours is a lot and that's a confirmed number. So you're getting a lot of gameplay. Uh, now this also did not have a uh, backlit screen, but it did have a nice TFT screen, just like just like the Game Boy Color did. And so they they knew all this. Nintendo had the luxury of coming off a huge success, and they knew they were bridging a, a gap before their next system. This was like an all or nothing affair for for Neo Geo Pocket. I think that's why they loaded the system up so thoroughly, you know, from from a spec standpoint. Um, so. Why did why did they even get in the ball game? Aside to make money, they were in this thing because they thought they could capture a decent portion of the market. It was the same dream that the Atari had with the Lynx. You know, they thought a color alternative could take care of business. Now, we both know that the Lynx. One of the major reasons the Lynx fell was the fact that it was bulky. It had that battery. Uh, the battery life was garbage. Yes. So one would think that a, a machine, a superior machine with superior battery life would t- could, could take care of business. So what you also had in this thing to curb it out, this thing had a second battery slot in it for like a watch battery, and which is a, you know, a long-lasting battery. And this thing could boot off, would boot off that watch battery, and even with no cartridge in it, uh, you would get a, a, it would turn on and it'd give you some utilities, something else that the Game Boy uh, Color didn't do. Uh, when you booted this thing, you actually, and this is kind of wacky, but you got a pocket menu that had a calendar, a a, a thing that had a world time uh, screen so you could see what time it was all over the world. 
I had a uh, an alarm clock, which that's a pretty decent idea. I mean, Nintendo had done that uh, back with the Game Watch. And my personal favorite of the pocket menu items, it had a horoscope. So if you, if you wanted to see what your horoscope was for the day, listen, come on, you got to admit that is amusing that they would stick that in there and put a horoscope in the thing. Um, the, uh, the, the, this thing kicked off pretty well, you know, all things considered. It had a little bit of a different layout than the traditional Nintendo uh, face. The, on the on the GBA, you had that traditional sort of Game Boy setup with the crosshair uh, controller and the two buttons. Uh, this thing went a little bit a different route, whereas Nintendo has uh, the two buttons plus two auxiliary buttons. This this had an option button, an A and B button, and a joystick that was completely different than what Nintendo put in theirs. This is another area that uh, Neo Geo uh, Pocket Color really took the extra mile. And this has got one of those clicky micro switch like joysticks, like it's like a mushroom style joystick in it. Uh, a tremendous joystick. I've never gotten to play any games on the Neo Geo uh, Pocket Color, but I have actually held one and touched it. I was at a computer store that had one, and the joystick on it feels great. Yeah, it's I've heard joystick. I've heard high 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 praise for the joystick. Yeah, yeah it's um, I've, I saw a guy take one of these things apart, and uh, the uh, the joystick on it had uh, micro switches that could actually be unsoldered and changed out. I mean, they were tiny, tiny. I wouldn't want to be the guy that did no one would ever do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but it, it still, it's, it's, it would be kind of neat to, uh, to have the ability to do it. Uh, so the games, let's get to the games in terms of the game count. You mentioned that the, uh, the uh, game boy color had all those, all access to the entire old library of games Plus new games, uh, the, we didn't. This thing sort of had a similar situation. It could play the Game Boy. It could play Game Boy Color or Game Boy Black. Wow, and white games. it wins! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. It could play Neo Geo Pocket Black and White games. What it could, what it, and it could play Neo Geo Pocket Color. That's a mouthful. I'd say that every time. Uh, but there weren't a ton of games released for this for the obvious reasons that it, it didn't do it didn't do great. Uh, to, to be honest with you, and so and, and that's what happened. It, 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 the library is a lot smaller. So in a in a if you're looking at, at which system to pick up now, if you just want a a a, a ton of games, then the, this is probably not the system for you. Because if you think about the entirety of the Neo Geo or the uh, Game Boy Color library plus the entirety of the Game Boy library, I mean, I. How many games were released for the Game Boy? It was probably hundreds and hundreds of games, right, for the original one? Oh, thousands. Yeah. Yeah. Thousands <laughs> of games. I'm not kidding. <laughs> they broke you. a thousand. Really? Yeah. They actually broke a thousand games? For now, the original uh, it's Game funny, Boy. I was, looking th- I was looking through the library of the Game Boy, and, and I will say... Uh, uh, you've got, there's a lot of, there's a lot of duds in there and we'll get into comparing game to game here in a minute, but hardware wise, I think we can both agree that, uh, if you consider the fact that this has uh, more memory, a larger screen, arguably a better joystick, uh, and better battery life and more colors, uh, that this from a hardware perspective is clearly the superior machine. I will give you that it released slightly later and had more updates that uh, from a numbers-to-numbers comparison, 
it does have higher numbers. I don't necessarily think the architecture was better. Uh, I, I don't think that uh, necessarily the the controls were better. I, I think they were different. I think they were unique. I, I think they, for what they tr- what they attempted to do, it gets high marks. But it, it's tough to beat a D pad and two buttons that have st- stood the test of time for decades. So well. I'm not like I said. I said arguably with the stick. I should also mention one of the, the key elements. Of this thing is is the introductory price. This thing shipped at the uh, sixty nine ninety five U S dollars seventy U S dollars basically. Yeah. Very cheap uh, yeah. if you consider what year this uh, this is ninety nine. So I mean that's coming in right at the, right around the same cost. In fact, it's uh, I think it's the exact same introductory price that the Game Boy Color was at. Correct. Uh, the, you know, both these machines, they have similar features aside from the fact that they both have the two button set up. I mean, I will say Neo Geo didn't reinvent the wheel here. They kept it pretty much, uh, it's, instead of having BA, they've got AB, uh, but it, they pretty much kept the same setup. Yeah, I know. I listen, that's what they did. Uh, they, they both have the, uh, uh, like a feature port that connectability to another, uh, another, uh, handheld. It's funny. One of the other wacky aspects of the, of the pocket color, they released this cable that lets you hook this thing up to a Dreamcast. <laughs> Did you know that? No, and I don't know oh, why yeah. you would ever do that. Well, I, I listen. It, it, I had to bring this up because it's so wacky. Uh, the Neo Geo can hook up to a Dreamcast, uh, and it can play about. Uh, let me see here. One, two, three, four. Probably about ten games in line with the Dreamcast. Uh, pr- pretty weird uh, and uh, kind of neat though, and and mostly from what I've read, it was just a, the you could use you know swap over save games and stats stuff like that. But still, it's a feature, so I'm gonna I'm gonna plug it. I will say the Nintendo did have an infrared uh, like an infrared port in it, uh, which I don't well, think it had used all it that had much. a link cable that yeah. you could transfer game save data and stuff to. It also uh had the infamous camera and printer set up, uh, you know, if that's your thing. <clears throat> but not stock. I mean, those were, those were separate. Those were extras, yeah. Yeah. Uh, both had the headphone jacks. I will say one thing. Uh, in, in the oh, there's no question. Neo Geo looked at what the Game Boy was and said, I, we can make that. <laughs> right. Well... There, I, I do want to, and, and like I said, I, I'm not, I'm not here to to lie, so I'm going to tell the truth. Uh, the sound wise, I think that that's one area that the Neo Geo uh, Pocket Color fails in compared to the Game Boy. Both can have digitized speech or samples, but the Game Boy just has. I and I played a ton of games, and I read about this too. The Neo, the Neo Geo just doesn't have this as good a sound as the uh, as the Game Boy Color. The Game Boy Color can also play samples over music, and the and the uh, yeah. apparently the Neo Geo Pocket Color cannot. And so when you play these, it's it's it is there's a it's a weird thing to play these things because if you play the Game Boy, the sound I mean it's not like a huge difference, but the sound is good, uh, and uh, but the graphics aren't as good, and so you're looking at one of them has really good graphics, but the sounds worse. So it's uh, I don't I can't figure out why they would go the extra mile for the screen and the graphics and everything and then cut costs on the sound. But I, I think that is one area where they they did cut a little of uh. Uh, lower than they should have. Well, so, it, <clears throat> to be fair, uh, the sa- the speaker sound on the color 
was incredibly muted. They had they actually jacked down the max volume. And I think it was more of a, we don't want people jacking this up while they're on the train or on a plane and disturbing others. Of course, <laughs> if got you're, a headphone jack on yeah, it. <laughs> if, you're, if you're playing these things, you've almost certainly got headphones in or you're alone. So there's no sound around you or you're a jerk. So the, the, <laughs> the lower speaker volume for me is, is means nothing, <laughs> but it's worth mentioning. So, so I think uh, from a hardware perspective, and by the way, the sound is also muted on the Neo Geo Pocket Color. I should mention that too. Both these things took a sort of a back step when it comes to the sound. <laughs> if you listen to it, I will say one thing about the Game Boy, uh, the original Game Boy, it could, it could pop out pretty loud. Yes, it was uh, tremendously louder. And a, I mean, and apparently, I, I easily double. Apparently, the Game Boy original Game Boy Pocket was also louder. So they toned it down. And I should mention that uh, there was a very rare sort of re, uh, new version of the Game Boy Pocket Color that only came out in Japan that also had the sound jacked up. So for whatever reason, this generation, they decided to turn the sound down. I don't know why. So with all that said about the hardware, I think that pretty much sums up these these things from a hardware perspective. I think, like I said, we can, we can agree that from hardware perspective, the Neo Geo it comes out on top just by sheer muscle power. Uh, it's a 16-bit system versus an 8-bit system. It has uh, higher so, numbers, yes. There you go. That's what I'll I agree talk- to. So let's okay, fair enough. Let's talk about uh, the game. Some of the games this thing. Now, uh, I, I, I did. I can't remember. Did you say you did own a Pocket Color at some point? No, but I, I had access to one growing up. Yeah, I've played one as well. So, can you talk? Let's talk about let's talk about the games a little bit of these things, Brent. Uh, what? Go ahead. Uh, well, like we talked about, I, I looked it up. The total release library for the original Game Boy was one thousand forty six. So, holy cow, that's a lot of games. That, so that's that's, how, that's for the that's for the original game. That's Boy, for the original the game, color Boy. game. Right yeah. <clears throat> now, that is mind-blowing right that's a catalog you'll never get all the way through now are all those winners of course not when you've got over a thousand games there's no chance that all of them are going to be great i would say i would uh someone someone in chat dwarven giant says eight sixty five percent shovelware that's probably a bit low my opinion there was a ton of shovelware absolutely and and, okay that's perfectly fine uh that still leaves you with uh, hundreds of game quality games uh does for the game boy color only games. Now, these are games that would not work in the original Game Boy. You had to have the updated hardware, and most of them, not all of them, but most of them used that extra hardware uh, to great success. 115 games released. Okay. Which is pretty tremendous, because you have to remember this was a five-year span where uh, people were still making original Game Boy games. But these are the developers that were the ones that said, you know, this is what we want. Let's get out here and get some stuff done. Uh, obviously, let's go ahead and talk about the the big kicker right out the bat. This thing w- was made for Pokemon, and it absolutely dominated uh, the sales of any handheld, probably of all time. Uh, Pokemon Gold and Silver which was uh, uh, could be played on the Game Boy Color, you're looking at 23 million units sold. 23 million for a handheld system. 
absolutely mind-blowing. Some of the exclusive games that were highly touted, the, the Legend of Zelda, Oracle of Seasons, and Oracle of Ages uh, was released. Uh, Kirby Tilt and Tumble. Now, this for those that don't know about this game, the cartridge actually had a, a liquid sensor in it that could tell when you had the game the, the the system tilted left, right, up, and down. And it was a monkey ball style game or a marble madness style game where you roll Kirby through these mazes using that sensor to you know move it around the maze. A huge precursor to what people play on cell phones now. This was done, you know, way back in the day. Uh and of course this had a lot of games that were came out on other systems you get your nba jams you know you've got your uh uh all your sports titles they all look great on the color and then you had some amazing games in uh a bonnet commando came out on the system uh even neo geo released some games for the game boy color so it wasn't like they were uh, uh, abandoning it they knew the writing was on the wall they had they had to stay popular in the market space, and they did so by releasing games for the uh, Game Boy Color. Uh, really, standouts that I've personally played, uh, the Mario Golf and Mario Tennis on this are like nothing you've ever seen before from Nintendo. They are sports RPGs, and they are incredibly fun. I had easily 40 hours in uh mario tennis and the best thing about mario tennis is the mario crew mario luigi the princess all that stuff they don't even show up until like three-fourths of the way through the game it is so well paced and it is so uh, uh it makes playing tennis the tennis mechanics are so fun it's incredible unfortunately for me i could not even begin to review how many of these are good games and how many of these are crap games. Uh, I know that when you look at exclusive lists that talk about the top Game Boy Color only games, usually the list is no less than 25 games long. So that means that your general press think that at least 25 of these games are worth mentioning in a top list. That's, you know, a quarter of the games. So developers since they were calling for this new hardware they were calling for this more powerful hardware with colors they really went out there and delivered and it was also an architecture that they were familiar with uh coming from the game boy so it really allowed people to put some hugely powerful and beautiful games out mm. very good very good i will say i actually played a few of the games you mentioned this week in prep for this including uh, uh mario golf and, uh, you know, this, as we mentioned, as we talked about a few minutes ago, there there were a ton of games that are just you'd pass right by. Uh, but when they came out with something that was good, it was good. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And most of the stuff that Nintendo produced, uh, the, you know, first party stuff, the, the stuff that had their that had their properties in it, you could usually, much like most of Nintendo's machines, you could hang your hat on them. But there was there was a, just a, a ton of of crappy Ola on here too so it's it's a it's well a from bag. the original games of uh, uh, uh for sure i mo yeah. i wouldn't say all of the game the color games uh were winners i mean you've got some of these like ham taro ham ham unite 
That's a, a hamster based game. Uh, <laughs> That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, you've got a few card games, you know, poker type games. Of course, you're always going to have that on. But you also have, you know, Resident Evil Gaiden. So it's a huge span. I would say most of that it's up by the quality, though. Very good. Uh, so I guess I'll I'll speak on uh, uh, some of the pocket color games. So uh, you mentioned that you had access to thousands of games. All right. The total number of games released for the Pocket Color, uh, most of which were done by SNK, was 82. All right, that was to- 82 games were released. Now, don't worry, we've got all the games released for the Neo Geo Pocket non-color to fall back on. If you picked up one of these systems, you were you were lucky enough to have ten games. <laughs> I was going to say, I know that library was super small. <laughs> so I've got a total of less than a hundred games. To, to this, and this is the Achilles heel of this contest. There were less than a hundred games available, and keep in mind that just because there was less, there were around ninety-eight games released. It's not like they were all released in your area. Quite a few of these were not available in the states or in Europe. Since we've got a international audience i'm not gonna split them up but you can be sure that like probably a, let's say a, a quarter of these you wouldn't have access to so what are the standouts and one thing you're going to notice when you play this and i'm just going to be upfront about it this is a 16-bit system and i i would play this and then i would go play uh the uh <clears throat> the game boy color and there was no contest in terms of the quality of the looks of the games like this crushed crushed the Game Boy Color, uh, from a from a visual perspective, we've wow. mentioned that the sound. I don't agree. <clears throat> the sound uh, often was somewhere in the same ballpark, but there were some there were some awesome. I'd say I played some Game Boy uh, uh, Color games that had some really good sound. I mean, it it reminds me. I mean, it's a lot like the original Game Boy, but the the having those. Uh, Having sound samples come out at you, it really almost is mind blowing to me. <laughs> Still, you know, you're just like, wow, these things, you know, they talk and they're cool and they make cool noises. And the and the Game Boy Color, a lot of times they just, I think part of it's just the fact they had better hardware. They just had better people making the music often, for in my opinion. But that that's just the opinion thing. But when you actually boiled these down and played them, the graphics on this thing like are way way better. I mean, generally, they're way way better than the be- than the best Game Boy Color games. I tried to get some perspective as to how different these games were, and I tried to go through the systems and play games that were on both systems, and there weren't that many, to be honest with you. But I did play one. What that I played was Pac Man. All right, it's a good example. Pac Man uh, on the Game Boy. Uh, you've got Pac Man. And really, it gives you no options, and and you play it, and it's kind of it's okay, but it's not the best, and it's it's a scrolling Pac-Man. You play it on the Neo Geo Pocket, you've got the choice of a scrolling Pac-Man or a or a uh, like a full screen Pac-Man, so you can play it just like it was in the arcade. It looks better, you know. It it's a lot, it's a more attractive package, you know. Now I will say, uh, the there's a game, the Pac-Man on the Game Boy Color it comes with another game, so. I assume when they released this, they were like, this isn't enough to, to, to sell. They released this thing called Pack. I think it's called Pack Attack. It's sort of like Pac-Man meets Tetris. 
and it's fun. <laughs> to say, it's Did garbage. You play it's not I, fun. It's garbage. I it liked had, it. It is nonsensical garbage. Well, I I disagree with you on that. Now I'm talking about this is on your machine. <laughs> I, that game is garbage. I thought it was pretty good. I had a good no. time, and the music on it was great. Don't ever, took, guys, save yourself the trouble. Don't ever look that up. It's I, crap. No, dude. Listen, you're being too hard on your own game. I thought it was fun. Well, but anyway, in terms of the actual Pac-Man game, the the pocket color crushed it. I looked at a lot of fighting games. The uh, the Neo pocket color has, you know, this is Neo Geo, man. They, they brought the heat when it came to fighting games. They've got King of Fighters on here. They've got Fatal Fury. They've got Capcom versus SNK on here. They've got Samurai Showdown on here. And the games, it's funny to look at them. The the games, they look funny. They've huh? got, that's what you're gonna. That's how you're going to describe it. <laughs> well, no. I, when I say that, they, you can't pack. They, they, there are two different approaches to how the ga- fighting games are done. On the Neo Geo Pocket, almost every game would 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 cutify the characters, you know, and and make them like it was like uh, uh, fighting children sort of thing. Uh, it's funny. I played uh, uh, Street Fighter Alpha on the Game Boy Color to see how that played. It looks, it doesn't look nearly as good uh, as the as the SNK fighters, but it play. And this is the story of a lot of Game Boy Color games. They may not look as good, but they play they play fine. Like I had a I had a couple rounds of of uh, Street Fighter Alpha, and it played real well. Uh, the Neo Geo Pocket Color games they look well and play well. That's that's the difference. Uh, that they, you know, if you're into fighting games, th- there is no contest in here. You'd want to get the Neo Geo Pocket. It's one thing it has a lot of. Something else it had a lot of, and you may or may not be into, is card games. All right, uh, and I don't just mean uh, I don't mean poker uh, or or a backer rack. It's got those collectible games. card games. That's right. It's got it's got a lot of those on here. And if that's sort of your cup of tea. You know, it's not it's not my cup of tea. I didn't think I was in the card games until I played a bunch of Slay the Spire, and now maybe I am into them because I've been playing a lot of that, which I believe that was uh, one of the ones you suggested. So yes, it's got a lot of those games. But I mean, we're I'm looking at the list here. It's got a little bit of everything, but it's not going to have anywhere near as much stuff as the Game Boy Color. You've got your uh, baseball stars. A lot of the stuff that you played on the Neo Geo, you can get here. Listen, it's got Turf Masters. I don't know if you've played Turf Masters, but it's, like, it's good. It, it's it, quite it, good. Now it doesn't it doesn't have the little girl saying on oh, the green stuff like that. There's, <laughs> there's some missing elements to it, but it plays it plays real well. Uh, do I think it's better than uh, Mario Golf? I liked it more. Uh, but I, I don't know what kind of depth that Mario Golf's wow. got. I'm just talking about as a golf game. I thought it was more fun, you know. But it was, you know, it was what it was. You know, uh, my problem <clears throat> with Neo Geo cal- uh, pocket color games are, though, Aaron. What they, I, I don't know if it was to shortcut. I don't know if they were going for a style. But they've got uh, so many of their games have that kidified look and there's a name for it i i even tried looking it up i couldn't i couldn't find out what it was i couldn't remember what it was called but when you take what's supposed to be adults and you you squish them down you give them big heads and you kidify them uh, 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 almost like uh yeah uh, he just said pop characters yeah that's not for me I, i i mean i think if if they're doing their own thing and they do that i can kind of roll with it but when you have a character that's supposed to look a certain way, and then you do that to him, I hate it. 
because that's not the way that's that's a just make a new character just make a new game make it their own thing <clears throat> but they stylized so many of their games in this uh uh art style it's a real turnoff for me I can understand you. I can understand that. I'm not the biggest fan of Chibi either, but it fits. It fits the system size quite nicely. And and I will say that the the, uh, the fighting games that do this, they play. They do play well. You know, if you're in a fight now, you're you're talking two button fighting games. But I'm not going to sit here and kill. I play a couple on the on the on the GBC that and they didn't like I said they didn't look as good, but they also played well. One thing I'm, I will not say is that the Game Boy Color does a crappy job playing games because that's not true oh, of course it, it's not. got ultimate control and it's and it plays it's got good games i mean there's no doubt about it so i mean i think they both have good games i think they both are good to control i think they're both quality pieces of kit uh but when it comes to the overall look of the game the games look better like so i've got some where if you're watching at home i've even got some of uh, the black and white stuff mixed in here with the neo geo pocket color even when it's in monochrome, you can see the a dramatic difference in what the games look like versus what they look like. It's eight versus sixteen bit. I mean, that's that's as simple as that. This is more of a next generation system. Um, I, I don't. I, I think that's a flawed statement. I and I I don't have anything against uh, the new Geo Pocket Color or or the black and white version. Uh, my biggest issue with the game, like I said, they they stylized a lot of that art. And I think they did that to sort of uh, uh, based on time. I think it was. I think it's quicker to get a game out if you do that. You don't have to push as big a sprite, uh, and I and I think that that allows the games to run uh, at a, at a good clip. Sure, there's a, there's good details on the screen. I'm not going to debate that, uh, but I don't think that a majority of the Pocket color games are graphically superior than the majority of Game Boy color games. I just don't. I don't agree. I, I, I think maybe if you went down. And, I think if you looked at them, you would listen. There are some. If we talk about the tippity top shelf on both machines, and I, I can tell you the two tippity top uh, games on my machine. If I was going to pick two to show that I thought showed off the system well, it would be the Metal Slug games and the Neo Geo Pocket Color version of Sonic. Like they are awesome. I mean, they really are. Sonic is is um, it looks very similar to the Genesis version. It's it, you know, sound wise not as good, but visually and the way it plays, they play great. Sega really went all out when they put that together. And uh, uh, also, you know, I'm not the biggest Metal Slug fan, but it plays great. You know, it is those are two standout titles, that, and you couldn't have reproduced those on the on the Game Boy Color. It just wouldn't. It didn't have the jack. To, to, to I don't agree with that. Do I, it, maybe they wouldn't have been as uh, pronounced, uh, but I certainly think those games are 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 playable in the Game Boy Color. I mean, come Fair on enough. now. I, now, but I mean, listen. In terms of girth of of games, clearly uh, the Game Boy Color is going to take that uh, for, for sure. I'm I'm not going to dispute that, but I think uh, there there are plenty of good quality titles on the. I think really most of the titles are quality. Uh, when when it comes to the uh, uh, like you uh, said, there's a lot of CCGs. Well, I mean, if, if that's your bag, you know, you're a lot of those got translated to uh, to English as well. So, what I'd like to do, Brent, here uh, towards the end, is talk about the ultimate uh, demise of these systems, and, and I think there's and there's a reason behind it. If you don't mind, if you'll indulge, absolutely. Me. Uh, you want me to go first? Yeah, please. Uh, 
The Game Boy Color did exactly what it was supposed to do. It was it was made to make developers happy <coughs> and bridge the gap before the Game Boy Advance came out. Uh, it made developers happy. It made uh, fans happy. It, it and it sold incredibly well. Now, uh, Game Boy and Game Boy Color numbers are mushed together for the most part, so it's hard to find numbers on exactly how many Game Boy Colors sold. But most estimates put it between the six to ten million range. Uh, that is a tremendous amount of units in five years. Also, when it was time to go, it it, it got out of the way and got out and, and was done. Uh, it which brought in for the Game Boy Advanced which was an incredible handheld, which hopefully we can go over in more depth. I know we've done a review on it once before. Uh, but So in my opinion, the Game Boy Color was perfect from beginning to end. I'm not saying all the games were perfect, but it's rolling gaming. It was perfect from beginning to end. It did what it was supposed to do. It sold a bunch of units. It made a lot of money. It had a, some incredible games uh, for it. And then it was time to bail out. The next guy rolled in. No problem. Very good. Well, you know, my story is a little more complex than that. (laughs) So let's talk about why the Neo Geo Pocket floundered, okay? I mean, because it had a lot going for it. We could both agree, right? Yeah, and it it did okay. It didn't do okay. You, your machine sold six to ten million units. Okay, when you hear how many mine sold, it didn't do okay. So, <clears throat> this released in the states. They had a cutting plan, Brent, and their cutting plan was to only release this via the internet. Yeah, uh, they they. I don't they think that was a this- plan. I think that was a whole crap. We can't do an actual release on this. Yeah, I mean, they no, they could. They just didn't. So they sold this thing through an outfit called E-Toys in 1999, okay? Uh, they also promised tw- uh, they promised they would have uh, 20 games by the end of the year of that year, and they launched with six titles, which was probably not enough. Uh, and eventually, they, they finally managed to get these things in Walmarts and Best Buys and Toys R Us and, 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 and whatnot. But it took a while. Everything took a while to, un- to unwind. Uh, it also took a while for them to get advertising. They eventually had an advertising push, but it took them a while. So when this thing this thing launched, uh, and you you had not that many units went out. I mean, you had like it was estimated between ten and twenty thousand twenty five thousand units were sold at launch. Oh, it's not gosh. that many. Yeah. No. And then uh, ultimately, I believe it was they the, the final numbers on this thing were somewhere like. A hundred thousand, a hundred thousand units in 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 Japan, and maybe twenty five or twenty five thousand units in Japan. A hundred thousand in Europe. They did better in Europe, but I mean, so those numbers are pitiful, yeah. pitiful units. Now, what was going on behind the scenes? Well, here's what was going on: SCK went broke, and yeah. their 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 stuff was bought by an outfit called Aruz. All right, and so Aruz had a plan. They're the ones that got this crap. They they helped get this stuff more uh, available. But ultimately, after uh, by May of 2000, the uh, game, the Neo Pocket Color had managed to take two percent of the market in the U.S. Two, two percent. Let me tell you who had the majority of that. It wasn't the Lynx. I can tell you that right now. It was it was the Game Boy Color. It was stomping, stomping the crap out of them. 
This was a stat I did find interesting. They had captured 2% from the Game Boy to Game Boy Color, but it was still enough for SNK United States to turn a profit. That's yeah. amazing on 2%. <laughs> but unfortunately, SNK is bigger than just the United States. There's yeah. that whole rest of the world aspect <laughs> where they were taking a bath. So as a, a ruse decided to give up on this thing in June of 2000. So this thing's lifespan Ooh. was was pitiful. Oh, uh, yeah, it, that's it, quick. Yeah, it was around for think about it. It released in the North American August sixth of ninety nine, and by two thousand by June thirteenth, they slammed the door on this thing. Yeah. Okay, it was gone. They also decided to take all the unsold units they had and send them back to Japan to try to sell over there. Uh, and so they and so that was it. They in, the, in Japan they ended up running until two thousand one. So a few more months. I say months because you're talking what seven eight months, and then they're done all o- worldwide. So this thing in its entirety, being generous, you could say it had a, a two year lifespan in some parts of the world, but for the most part, it had a lifespan that was less than a year. Okay. Yeah. And a big chunk of that, I think, can be chalked up. Well, I think the biggest chunk of the failure can be chalked up to the fact that they were. They ran headlong into a juggernaut. I mean, yeah, you Game can't Boy, take on the king. Yeah, and mm. even if you've got a superior, this shows you that a superior product uh, in the face of, of the of the big dog can't get it done. This is sort of a reverse of our Atari ST versus Amiga. For the Atari ST, I mean, it did great until it ran headlong into a, into something that was had better specs, and then it lost. This is the exact opposite of that. This had better specs and I ran headlong into something that was worse and got murdered. Yeah. So it's a very strange circumstance. The funny, wacky thing about this is SNK, when they sold to a, a, a ruse, they didn't like how they were handling their, uh, their, their products. And so eventually they went and they basically reformed SNK and then they went back and bought all their assets from Mr. <laughs> That's weird. I don't know how that happens in, in, in business. It struck me as a really strange way to go out. But and so I guess that's why that, that, that stuff sort of still around today. Uh, but uh, yeah, um, this was the last proper console that SNK released. Now you could go into arguments about some of the more recent, uh, you know, things. That have no. out. Yeah, but, I, I agree. The company formally went bankrupt August 22nd, 2001. That was the end of that. And so that's the end of your uh, uh, of any production on the Neo Geo Pocket. I should say, just because I looked it up, um, you could. I looked up the eBay on this to see what they were going for. And I looked, and I don't know if you did the same thing. Uh, these things actually are they go for way more money. Of course, they're probably way more rare. They definitely sure. are than, yeah. than the Game Boy Color. The uh, these things were. If you get one from Japan, you can get it. You can get one for. You can maybe get one for under a hundred bucks if you're lucky. If you're trying to get one in the states, you're going to be in, up in the hundred fifty to two hundred dollar range uh, to get one of these. One thing else uh, I read that I thought was interesting, so I included in this conversation. Uh, remember when they sent all the uh, Neo Geo Pocket colors back to Japan to sell? They didn't send them all because at some point in the two thousands, someone I guess found a bunch of these and put them in blister packs and sold them in the States with like a couple games that weren't released here. So they were, they were, they were for a song too. And I remember hearing about people that picked these things up at their local stores, you know? And so (laughs) if you were real lucky in the early two thousands, you could have came across one of these 
the the games had no the games had no manuals or anything. They were just games in a blister pack with the Neo Geo Pocket Color. Probably they were assuming that when you bought those, those were probably the only games you would ever get with it. Right. You know, because yeah. where are you going to get those? Uh, on a personal note, I know that they actually sold these things at Target because I remember one time I was at a Target. This was years ago. And I bought, on Super Duper Cutout, I bought Pac-Man for the Neo Geo Pocket Color. I didn't have a Neo Geo Pocket Color, but I was stunned when I came across in the store. It was like two bucks. Yeah. And I sold it on eBay. I got like, I think I got like 25 bucks out of it. That's why I bought it. So I did, in fact, own one Neo Geo Pocket Color game in my lifetime. So... I thought that was kind of, no kind system of one game. Got it. <laughs> yeah, one thing that was mentioned a lot. I saw this a lot online. Is that in, in Japan the Neo Geo Pocket Color? This is something else I hear the hardcore is talking about. Uh, that the, the in Japan they release these things with these really awesome cases, you know, for the games. In America, it was just a bot cardboard. That's yeah. all you, you ripped it open. So that's something else they didn't do to to ingratiate themselves. But it was a cost cutting measure, you know. So. So there you go. I mean, do you have any final thoughts on on this? I mean, ultimately, just uh, one thing to mention since we're talking about uh, it's kind of eBay eBay sales and after the fact. Yeah, I, I I pulled it up real quick and I'm looking here at two listings: Nintendo Game Boy Color handheld console, Atomic yeah. Purple with Tetris game. Because of course the uh, uh, the Game Boy Color uh, launched with five different colors, and then they had you know, dozens more and special promotion, all that stuff. So uh, the, the, the loose, the system and the game, 25 bucks. Okay. The wow. next listing down Nintendo game boy color, atomic purple. So same color, new mint factory sealed $2,800. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me a bit. That doesn't surprise me a bit. Uh, because, uh, you know, it's meant in the box. <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? Uh, you know, we didn't touch on this, although your background sort of does. But this was the classic uh, Wonder Swan effect where they had uh, multitudes of colors for these things when they came out. They love this. I always wonder how this affects overall cost when you when you do this. Mine shipped originally with six colors, blue, black, white, a platinum blue, silver, and a stone blue, three different blues in there. And I'm sure, and I know the Game Boy had a million colors. I remember their ad It, it launched with five, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> that always strikes me as, well, as without, goofy. I, I don't know about the, the pocket color, but the uh, Game Boy color, it's literally just shells. And yeah. you can actually mix and match. If you had two Game Boys, you could take the back off of one and put it with the front of another one, line it up, click it in, screw it up. And it, this, and we didn't go into this because it, it doesn't really fit into the theme of the show. But the Game Boy Color, highly moddable. I'm not talking hack. I'm talking you can easily switch out buttons, D-pads, shells. You can add a light to it, so it is it's it is a backlit screen. Uh, you can change out the speakers. All of it very, very friendly. Not that Nintendo endorsed it, but very, very friendly system to do that kind of thing too. I uh, yeah, like I said, I, I saw somebody open up one of the Neo Geos, and it also looks like you. Can, I don't know about. The, I know they make a a backlit screen for it, just like they do Game Boy, uh, that you can replace. It's, it's really easy to get into. So I'd say both systems were right for that. So I'll tell you, if I had one of these things, I would absolutely get the backlit screen. That was one of my big problems with all these machines, and you know this from having that Game Boy Advance. Just, 
it's just hard to play him. If you're on the bus, something it's real bright. I mean, you're pretty much it's either too bright or not bright enough. There was you had to have a sweet spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, just to close off one, and I think we can. I, it's funny as in a versus episode, I knew right away who was going to win this thing. I mean, spiritually, uh, the uh, uh, but you've got the machine with all the superior like bits plus fa- basically superior looking games, and but it still it got smashed. To, to show you how unsuccessful the Neo Geo Pocket Color was, it was outsold in Japan by the Wonder Swan. It got crushed. <laughs> and, and we talked about the fate of the Wonder Swan a while back, so <laughs> it, had, it had no chance, unfortunately. <laughs> but still, a fascinating... Uh, it's a fascinating little handheld. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, mind owning one. I wouldn't either. I don't know uh, what I'd play on it, but I wouldn't mind owning one. <laughs> it would be nice if you if you had a multi card and all the games. I mean, if just for fighting games, uh, uh, it would be fun to have. Nah, I don't like you the know? character style. But, but I, I I'm not gonna lie to you. Having played fighting games on both machines, all right, uh, and again, the the Game Boy Color not as attractive. But the fighting games are like are not bad at all. I mean, yeah. I mean for a handheld, they're they're darn good, you know. So I, I'll give credit where credits due. You know, I think we can call this a draw. That's what I'm calling it. <laughs> anyway, it's a draw as long as you don't look at any of the facts. <laughs> Screw it. Let's go to the wheel. <laughs> all right, Brent. We've added some new goodies this week. Yes. Uh. You know, we got all those suggestions from a couple weeks ago, and you've already turned them into pie pieces. Good on you. Uh, we've added a suggestion uh, from our good buddy who actually rated us, our Rob Flock O'Hara, who suggested Robot Madness. It's madness, but with robots. And our new uh, uh, our new uh, classic piece, this really retro rewind piece, the Commodore 16. We're going to get back into that oh, if we, if we roll right. that one. So here we go. Let me get this sucker in line here. Here we go. Are you ready? You have any thoughts on this one, Let's Brent? Let's do it. Something good. They're all good or bad. Really, it depends on what spins. They're not all good. I can tell you that right now. And the winner is Games with Birds. It's Games with Birds. <laughs> there you go. Now, Aaron, we yes. have to talk about something very important. How Hold on a second. How entered into the Dragon's Lair Mini giveaway? All right, get it, get into it. You jumped the gun on me, but go ahead. I'm ready for it. Here's what we're going to do, Aaron. We are going to commit to pick a game <laughs> by Monday. Okay. Okay. We are going to we're going to announce what that what we have chosen on Twitter, uh, on YouTube, in the comment section of this video, on Discord, all the ways to get that out there. Yeah. So. If you send us a review of the games that we're playing, it doesn't have to be super detailed. can just be a paragraph, five or six sentences of a review of the, each of the games we are playing. We will take up to three. <clears throat> and we don't normally game reviews. We only get one or two. So I'm not saying you're guaranteed if you send us a review that you're going to find yourself a place on the wheel. But we got three possibilities going up. We're going to pick three names from the people we get reviews from. And you can send those reviews to our email address, argpresents at mail.com. Just put game review in the subject. You can submit those on Discord. 
and you can even submit them on Twitter as long as, you know, it's a link going to somewhere that your review is posted because we want more than 270 characters or 240 characters, whatever Twitter limit is. But we have options for you. Get your reviews in for the games we pick and maybe you can win yourself a Dragon's Lair mini. There you go. Well said. Well said. Listen, we'd like to thank everyone in the chat. Uh, we had a good crowd in here today, Brent. Uh, we appreciate you guys for uh, turning up and checking us out. Uh, we will be back next week. By the way, this piece was suggested by me. This is one of the ones that came from the uh, Thanks for Giving from two years ago. And this is one of mine. So I'm looking forward to it. Like, hey, you just played a good games with birds in, in, in the mix. So next week, games with birds. Get your reviews in, and we will catch you guys again next week. Until then, SNK forever. Thanks for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed the show. Hello to our YouTube subscribers and our Twitch followers. A special thank you to Duncan Styles for our vector graphics and Bartbit for an amazing closing theme. Want to help keep ARG spinning for as little as a dollar a month? You can do so at our new Patreon at patreon.com slash ARG presents. Just like these fine folks. Ram, W. Vetke, Rolo, Olaf Hope, Anthony Jarvis, Terry Howard, Gary Heather, John Schaller, The Slow Morris, Frodo NL, Steve Rapmussen, Bernhard Lucas, Chris Folds, Mitsuyama, Jason Warns, Rob Black O'Hara, Andy Craig, Dave Velociraptor, Retroalogy, Hermsky, John Dykeman, Jerry Dennington, Z9K9, and Mr. B. Don't want to explain another credit card bill? That's okay, too. You can help us out by leaving us a positive review on Spotify or Apple iTunes. Have an idea for a wheel piece? Email it to us at argpresents at mail.com. We film live every Sunday, 10 a.m. EDT on Twitch. Hope to see you there.